So welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Nice to be with you. Thank you for coming. Thanks to our hosts, the group balls tonight. Provided a nice uh, environment for spiritual gathering. So, as I mentioned uh, last night, uh, we moved from Kartik to Agrahayan or Margashisha the next month in the Vaishnava calendar. First day of that month is today. And um, you certainly are most likely aware that um, this month, Margashirsha, is uh, the month that Krishna has identified himself with in the Bhagavad Gita. In the tenth chapter of the Gita, Krishna identifies himself with various powerful and significant manifestations of material nature as a way of, in a very general sense, uh, acknowledging him in the world. Sometimes people of an atheistic temperament, they say that I've been to the mountaintop, I saw the view of the ocean, I had the epiphany having experienced a powerful, particularly powerful manifestation of material nature that brings a sense of awe, a sense that there's that I'm small and existence is, is much bigger than myself. The epiphany that derives from that and coming down from that says, so I know what the spiritual people are talking about, but it doesn't mean that there's a God. So uh, <laughs> this, it should be noted, is the kind of epiphany that we're supposed to uh, experience when uh, coming in touch with powerful manifestations of material nature, but hardly uh, is it the be-all and end-all of uh, spiritual possibility and experience. It's just a kind of a little minor tipping point that could tip your perspective and and give you some possible footing to go forward with it in a teachable moment hmm? um, as to what is the more that meets the eye uh, more than what meets the eye and the mind hmm? of course it's us to start with hmm? we're bigger than us anything or any thought. Hmm. Um, but um, without good guidance then to, to, to respond to that teachable moment that nature has the power to create in and of herself, just like um, in California we have an ashram there and it's in the redwoods and so extending the Verses of the tenth chapter, we could rightfully say, understanding the spirit of the text, that among the trees in California, I am the redwoods. When you walk in the forest of the uh, old growth, then there you have this experience that I'm not the center. They're the center, and I'm on the circumference. They're the 
subject, I'm an object, slight shift, as they say, in perspective. So this shift has to be taken advantage of, followed up on. And um, in the context of that, we find that there there's a much bigger and uh, more um, comforting, I should say, sense of self that derives from uh, uh, not seeing oneself as the center. Hmm? Krishna makes another statement in the Gita at the end of the fifth chapter where he says, Bhoktaram Jagatapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. It's rather intimidating in a sense. <clears throat> he says, I am the enjoyer of all the sacrifice, everything is meant for me. Um, by contrast, uh, or uh, nothing is meant for you. <laughs> so it's a little intimidating, but then he says, Suridam Sarva Bhutanam. But if you accept this, then then I, who am the enjoyer and controller of everything, am your friend. So to be the friend of the person who owns and controls everything, who is the center, the enjoyer of everything, is to have a very big position. Hmm? They're very comfortable, secure, uh, happy position. So material nature, at any rate, can give us some uh, nudge, if you will, oftentimes... Uh, negative impetus to move in the spiritual direction and it, it this uh, just going off a bit on a tangent here from the from the subject in one sense but it's related uh, as it turns out uh, because as we'll see um, the uh, during this month the month of Margashirsha while the preceding month if this month the spiritual logic is is identified with Krishna, as he says in the Gita, hmm? one of the powerful manifestations of nature. It's the first month in the Vaishnav calendar, so like it's like New Year's Day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so Krishna has identified himself with that, and having done so, the 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 the, um, the uh, spiritually mindful sector who. Uh, understands something about Krishna, then reasons wisely. The month that precedes that must be Radha's month. Hmm? Because the way to Krishna is through Radha. We say Radha Krishna, Radha Govinda, Radha Damodar, Radha Madan Mohan, and Kishore Kishori, which is backwards. But when Prabhupada was asked about that, he said, save the best for the last. So... The import was the same <laughs> in either case. So through Radha, we all go to Krishna. So she is Bhakti Devi. There's a little Radha in every every devotee, so to speak, a little Hladini. And um, and she is the, the sacrificing whole counter whole of the of the absolute. And Krishna is the then the the enjoying receiving center. So in a sense, also from from Kartik Mas to Margashirsha from the month of Kartik to the month of of uh, of uh, Margashirsha. We're moving from a, the finishing of the sacrifice in terms of uh, the agrarian uh, lifestyle hmm, of harvesting of of growing, and then the, the, now everything's just been harvested, and the month of Margashirsha is for enjoying the harvest and stucking, sticking some away to take us through the winter. So, uh, 
from sacrifice comes uh, uh, nourishment, if you will, is the uh, kind of broader idea. And Krishna is the nourisher, and life proceeds in terms of acquiring the desired and needed nourishment through sacrifice, which is just the opposite of of what it might appear. Hmm? Uh, It appears that if we give up something, we will have something less than what we started with. That's the simple math, right? Um, but life does not uh, teaches us something quite uh, quite the opposite if we pay attention. Hmm? And that is that, that in common English parlance it said, to give is to receive. So uh, the giving indeed to take a step further is itself the receiving. I often say that when we give there's something we gain that we can't hold up and show everybody, but our own fullness that derives from that giving, however well thought out it is, however selfless it is, that shows up in us and we become attractive, if you will, to others. We become full and more complete. Uh, so this is a translogical kind of way of looking at life that, that is actually how it, it does proceed. Again, the logic of it simply would be by giving up hmm, something, you have that much less. Um, so, to hone this, this is the secret of life, how to hone, hone the, uh, the, uh, the giving, the sacrificing. Hmm? And uh, this, is what, uh, this is a simple uh, formula for understanding Krishna consciousness. It's said everywhere and understood by everyone that selfishness is unbecoming. We say, we're not saying anything different than that. So take it to its extreme, then you end up in Vrindavan. That's what we're talking about. So here we find on the first day of Margashusha some young girls, they're in Vrindavan, <laughs> in this case, and they want to marry Krishna. This takes us to the 22nd chapter of the Bhagavatam, the first day of the Margashusha month that is described in terms of the season. Hmm? In the Sanskrit, Shisuku Vachasukadeva speaks, he says, Hemantipatame Mashi. So the first month of Hemant, Hemant means the winter, the snow season. Hmm? It's the snow season. Now, you might not think so. I have my own doubts about it, but there are some descriptions in the sacred texts that lead one to believe that at some point in time it snowed in Vrindavan sometimes. that the inhabitants, without having to go elsewhere, had some experience of it. Um, at any rate, they have a winter season. Hemant hmm? means the snow season, it means the winter season, and the first month of that is this uh, month of um, Margashisha, which then, as Krishna is identifying with it, is, is, a, is a powerful month of starting over um, and, um, and having now reaped the benefits of sacrifice, how wealthy you are at that point will be, de- be determined not by how much you have, by what, what, by, but rather by what you do with what you have, how you spend it, right? That will determine your wealth. You've got the wealth now, but you're only as wealthy as, 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 as you spend it. We can only take with us in the end as much as we've given in the course of our living. That's all you can take with you. Hmm? 
So this is, uh, like say, kind of trans-rational. Uh, but it's a very practical uh, outlook on how life works. And with the help of rishis, saintly persons, and so forth, we were able to view from this uh, vantage point. They thought about it deeply. That's kind of the meaning of the word rishi. And they came to these types of uh, conclusions. So, so here, at any, rate, at any rate, in the first month of uh, the winter season, the first day of the of the new year, in the month of Margashirsha, representing Krishna, there are some young girls who um, are the subject of the chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. They are described as Nandarbhaja um, Kumarikaha. So of the of Nanda's land of Braj, they were the younger girls, which implies there are some older girls as well. And they were discussed in the previous chapter. Hmm? They're Puvarag. Hmm? Here is the Puvarag of the young girls. In other words, in the previous chapter uh, this, uh, we find the older gopis, not not Mother Yasoda old, but old enough to have been, to have had their marriage arranged. Hmm. Um, that's a big story in itself, of course. Um, and we talked a little bit about it last night, how despite the fact that everyone would prefer that they all marry Krishna, because there could not be a more suitable uh, mate for them, <clears throat> The uh, on the ground, so to speak, or uh, there were obstacles to that. Krishna's astrological chart uh, uh, dictated that he would not remain in the Braj, but for the greater balance of his life, long, long time, he would be at a distance. This is so central to the prakat or the manifest uh, lila, the lila as it appears in this world. You know, the Leela builds up, as I was saying last night, to the Rasa Leela, and then everything after that that happens, including and in, 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 in very much so going to Mathura, going to Dwarka, all this properly understood as reflecting back on the significance of the Braj and that climatic um, moment of the consummation, if you will, of the relationship between gopis and Krishna. This is the day here, this day that's being discussed in the Bhagavatam, this chapter, the younger Kumaris, where they get the assurance that their relationship with Krishna will be consumed. So there is both here Puvarag and also um, a, uh, um, what do you say, um, Sankirna or uh, Siddhi, a confirmation, a, a union, a union that corresponds with that separation. Um, Purvarag means uh, that it's a type of separation in Madhurya Rasa. It means that when, uh, for example, a young girl and a young boy are, have a crush on one another, but they have not shared that yet with one another and got any confirmation that you're feeling the way I'm feeling. Romantic love is full of this inequality, if you will. Does she love me? He never says he loves me. You never say you love me. This kind of thing. Um, Sakiras is different in that regard. There's complete confidence, uh, equality. You feel the way I feel about you. I feel the way 
we feel equally about one another. Hmm. So, um, in the in the Madhurya Rasa, then this is one type of separation, and there's a corresponding union with it, wherein there is that confirmation that you feel the way I, uh, you're feeling similarly towards me as I'm feeling towards you. There are three other types of separation, three other types of corresponding union. And these things have some um, importance to us uh, on the path um, in, um, in an indirect sense. Because whether we tread the path in pursuit of Sakyarati or Madhuryarati in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which are again the two windows of opportunity that are offered to us, and we talked about this in some length uh, last night, in either case, the experience of Radha and Krishna's union and separation is something that is indirectly experienced by the uh, sadhaka and the siddha who attains siddha, uh, siddha perfection of these two types of sadhana that, that are offered to us um, I- indirectly um, and out of an empathetic sensibility. So, for example, the handmaidens of Radha, they are sometimes this ideal of Madhurya Rasa in Gaudi Vaishnavism is termed Radha Dasyam. So there's a Dasya sensibility to it. In one sense, Radha is elevated along with Krishna to be the combined object of love in this particular type of Madhurya Rasa, which Rupa Goswami says is the better type. Hmm? The type where uh, the handmaidens of Radha serve the divine couple and want to see them have uh, experience union. And in thinking of such and in serving them hmm, in a kind of a kind of a dasyabhav within this uh, romantic sensibility. They, when the couple, it's themselves, Radha and Krishna, experience union and separation. Their empathetic sensibilities for them, as a result of that, they also then experience. While at the same time, it's complicated, but it's important. They directly experience union and separation, as all the other rasas do, like Sakyaras, Dasyaras. Ayog, yog, and ayog, utkantita, hmm? that kind of separation where uh, uh, kind of has a similarity to Purvarag, where uh, you don't know yet if Krishna feels about you the way you feel about him in any in any rasa or for the Manjaris, how will the Radha accepts her, hmm? and so forth, and then it has a corresponding union where that is confirmed, Siddhi, yes, and then um, then Vyog, hmm? uh, another type of separation has that, that occurs in incidental, incidentally, and then for a long period of time, again, the going away of Krishna to Mathura and Dwarka. Hmm? Um, so, with Krishna's friends, then, of course, who also have some participation in his uh, romantic life, they experience yoga and ayoga, and 
forgive me for throwing out so many terms, but uh, there's more of them, I'll, so I'll spare you at the moment. But, um, but also, they have been, the, the way in which they are involved in the romantic life of Radha and Krishna is through empathy for their plight, if you will. And, and in, in, in the desire to serve uh, Radha and Krishna, uh, they um, experience indirectly their uh, union and separation that's part of this, the Sambhog. Those in Madhurya Rasu have direct union with, with, uh, with Krishna. That's not our interest. Hmm? Our interest is in uniting Radha with Krishna. So, so at any rate, here is a, in this chapter. This is the the uh, the uh, the Purvarag of the Kumaris. So the previous Gopis in the previous chapter in the Bhagavad Gita, they were already betrothed, and it seemed like their marriage uh, was arranged. And for the sake of Rasa, we have both unmarried Gopis and married gopis and so this chapter is dealing with them now that said this is of course a description of the leela as it manifests in this world and so it's a playing out of something that already exists these are not newcomers hmm? we find that there is a place for newcomers to enter in madhurya rasa in that is in, that is last night that was last night Last night is the is the Rasa Purnim. Hmm? That is the most auspicious day of the of the year. It's thought, hmm? and now we come to the beginning of the new year. <laughs> it comes all the way around to the Rasa Purnim. So, according to Bhagavatam, as we know, then there were groups and individuals. The groups like the Prasanapada Upanishads, like the sages of Dandakaranya, they entered in at that time. Hmm? when Krishna played the flute and gopis came, apparently for the first time, and so forth. Hmm? There, the love, in other words, the love is happening, developing, as I'm talking about it, but it's developing for the nityasiddhas who come with Krishna hmm? um, as part of the, the lila. They are actually... Um, they have anadisiddha sanskars, so that means without any beginning in time, they have inborn impressions of love for Krishna. And when the, the drama of the Leela appears in this world, then at a certain time, when the circumstances are right, when the right act in the drama is now up or on stage, then those feelings start to come out. And similarly, when we have the good fortune of perfecting our sadhana and entering into the manifest Leela, then we will experience for the first time this, uh, uh, these devotional sentiments based on the samskars that we don't have inherently in us, but, but that we received over lifetimes through sadhusanga and, and so on and so forth. And now in the company of, of Krishna's eternal associates, then we have the, have the, the power to bring this to its full um, um, fruition. Hmm? Good company, so that's why these stories are there in the Bhagavatam to uh, to help us. Uh, so anyway, this is the subject of today's um, well, the first day of of, of of the new year here for us, if you will. 
um, Margashishan. So, so in this uh, first day of the winter, then these young Kumaris, they, they got together. And um, they, they were all from all over the Braj. Uh, they didn't necessarily know one another. And some of them who knew one another didn't necessarily like one another, hmm. particularly. Um, <laughs> but they all showed up at the uh, on the banks of the Jamuna with the same thing in mind and looking at one another they could see their heart's desire that brought them there on their faces and any differences as a result of that were transcended and any sense of not having known them previously which is also the case in some instances was also transcended in a sense of deep sense of familiarity and camaraderie hmm? was uh, was was forged. This is a beautiful uh, idea, and of course, it, it very much applies to us as uh, as sadhakas who uh, sometimes uh, have to live together. <laughs> when I was young, of course, in a way, I lived in in Prophet's uh, formal mission, and he used to say that your austerity is you have to live with the others, too. They have to live with you. And it can be that. That's true. Um, about that, of course, we have to be very practical, because while it's true that we, we should cultivate uh, tolerance and... Um, and try to rise to the higher ground that we're all seeking, and, which, and that ideal which we all have in common. It's not an easy thing to do always, and everybody's not striving for it to the same extent, and some guy thinks he's the only one striving for it, and everyone else is just not up to the standard. And he's quite hard to be around. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, we should try, but we should not try to the point that we violate another mandate, which is that we have to create a favorable environment for our practice. So you have to know a little bit your boundaries, you have to little know a little bit who you are, and sadhana is a, is a, is a skill, actually. You just can't go about this like uh, blindly. Hmm? You could start like that, but if you go forward, if you want to progress, it's an art, it's a skill, you have to know. Hmm how to apply yourself in different circumstances. You have to know what you need, what your limits are, what your um, um, conditioning is, and, you, and how, to, how to, you can't just uh, uh, com- confront the mind head-on necessarily. You might have to go through the window in the back door to enter the house and accomplish your um, desired results. So some skill hmm, to sadhana. Hmm. Important. At any rate, here the ideal is is um, uh, illustrated. Um, they came and from different parts, and um, even uh, being unfamiliar with one another, and maybe even being familiar but not particularly getting along with the person. Um, after all, Radharani and Chandravali are more or less sisters, but they're uh, not exactly. Um, on the same page, <laughs> in one sense, but in a deeper sense, of course, than, than they are. Hmm. So even, even in Rasalila, even when Chandravali saw, oh, 
and Krishna's left her too, then uh, how she felt compassionate for for Radha, knowing the feeling. You can have some empathy, right? One of the peers uh, in, in the life of, of another. So, um, this is one thing. Hmm? And this is the way in which we also uh, want to find sadhusanga. Hmm? Sadhusanga is a word. Oh, we need sadhusanga. So it shouldn't become a cliche. We should understand it, it properly. Uh, Rupa Goswami has explained it by way of two words. Uh, he says, uh, snigdasya and um, svajatiya, snigdasya. So, so uh, svajatiya means like, uh, it's like one-minded, like a similar mind, like she and I are on the same page, we got the, he and he, we, we, we think alike, something like that. Um, you, can, you can understand and practically speaking, you can flourish in that kind of company. So same-mindedness and, uh, and, 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 and affectionate. With devotees who have a, of a similar faith, you can say, whose faith is coming in a similar way, hmm? and, um, and who are affectionately disposed. This is a, even this is a, it's some help, it's a still a broad um, outline. Um, but point is that it's not determined just by any particular sectarian or institutional uh, considerations, which are set up, you know, for the purpose of fostering um, uh, sadhusanga and facilitating that and so forth. Um, but Obviously, at, at times they, they they may not, and um, so we should try to associate in, based on this principle and not allow lesser concerns to get in the way of that. So we can be part of every group because there's somebody in every group who probably thinks like us, and you know, we can try to find them out hmm, on Facebook, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> You can find out where, where a lot of people are at there and turn them off. Um, <laughs> so so the, the gopis here, these young kumaras, they found like-minded and affectionate association. Each one cared equally for the other, knowing what her ambition was, having that same ambition herself, and how insurmountable of a task it uh, formidable of a task it appeared to be. After all, there's other gopis who are a little older than them, all now who have been betrothed, apparently, to someone else, and it looks like they are not going to marry Krishna. Hmm. So, that's a big story, but uh, it's it's just an appearance of sorts, but the appearances are are important. (laughs) Uh, So, so here they, they, they've gathered and they, and they don't want that to be their fate. And so their idea is, and this is an old, old uh, idea you can find in other texts that aren't particularly pertinent to Gaudiya, um, um, Sampradai, to our lineage or our practice, um, texts dealing with, um, with the Prabhati Marg, for apart the path of material acquisition, the karma marg, you can find uh, descriptions of uh, a kind of a vow during this month for women to get a good husband. Hmm? And uh, typically it would be 
Shiva or his consort who are, are, are approached for that and so on. So they they've got an, what they've come what they've they're coming to here is a slightly adjusted Vaishnava version of this uh, this uh, this this vow. They don't know how to do it. What they really are driven by here is they have this desire, burning desire, to have Krishna as their husband. Now we don't have such a burning desire to have Krishna as our husband or Krishna as our friend. But we have association with people who have this kind of desire. We're in a lineage that's that that that. that that in which we we find we find this, which makes it, which drives it, hmm? keeps it uh, going forward and and alive and so forth. And we're touched by that association. And so, if we're thoughtful, we're learning about it, how to how to how to culture it, and how to attain the ideal. Hmm? There's a method. Hmm? This is a little backwards here. The gopis have the ideal here. They have Anadi Siddha Samskar, so it's just now coming out. It's already there in them. there, And it's fully inflamed. Hmm? But still they need a method how to do it. Hmm? So yeah, this is about Rag Bhakti, of course, the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnava. So if you want Rag Bhakti, it has, it's Bhakti that's driven by this uh, eagerness, this, this, this uh, burning desire to attain um, a relationship with Radha and Krishna and Madhuriyaras or Sakiras, as may be the case. Mm. Uh, Kamanuga, Sambandhanuga, Bhakti, two, two forms of, of Rag Bhakti. Um, so, in our case, if we, we don't have a burning desire, but we have, by association, some interest in this, and if we look carefully at ourselves over time, and someone to say to us, well, I'll t- tell you what, you know, that rag bhakti, that's a very high ideal I've heard. It's hard to um, to attain that. By comparison, it's easy to go to Vaikuntha. So why not get off here? Mm-hmm. And then they start to talk to you about what Vaikuntha's like. You'll find you think, I don't think I like that idea. It doesn't sound very good to me. Hmm? If I start really talking about what Vaikuntha's like, you think, I don't know, that's not very appealing to me. The reason it's not appealing to you is because you unknowingly, to one extent or another, knowingly to some extent, unknowingly to some extent, have been infused with sangskars coming from rag, marg, bhaktas, and a lineage that it is causing you to have a certain, causing your antakarna, your subtle body, to have have been influenced in such a way as to have a sympathy for, an aptitude for, an attraction for this ideal of, 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 of bhakti as it's played out in Vrindavan. That's a great, uh, good, good fortune for all of us. Now we need to hone that and figure out how to, how to, how to, how to pursue that. Here the gopis already have it, the, the, the flame. We don't have the flame, but we we have some little influence, and so we need to grow it. So what we should be interested in is what the gopis are interested in here. They've gathered hmm, on the banks of the Jumuna. They want to have Krishna as their husband, so they're thinking, this is the time of year, this is when people, when ladies you know, make some puja to get a good husband. How are we going to do that? 
And how are we going to get Krishna as our husband? They can't worship Krishna as God and get him as their husband. They don't want God as their husband. <laughs> That's the last thing they would want. They don't want to go to Vaikuntha and be a Lakshmi. They like one another and they like Krishna. Hmm? They want to be the Lakshmi Sahasrasatha Sambramasevimano of Golok. The thousands of Lakshmis, they like one another hmm? and they all like Krishna. Hmm? They all agree on that. They don't want to be one Lakshmi with one god, Narayan, in Vaikuntha. Hmm? So, <laughs> so they gather together here. They've got to come up with some method to their, their madness, in, in, in a sense. Um, and um, so, um, uh, of course, uh, Brenda Davy, the uh, forest nymph, uh, appears on the scene. And uh, has the solution to their their problem, which is they need a guru, they need diksha, and they need the siksha, hmm? right? So she appears on the scene. She gives them the deity to worship. She gives them the mantra, hmm? and she gives them instructions how to how to proceed. So we should have some interest in this. If we realize what's happening to us, what kind of lineage we're in, we kind of land on our feet and sort that out over time, what the goal is, what the windows of opportunity are, hmm, by which we can then help to filter out what's my own thoughts, my own ideas, and what's actually the tattva, hmm, that's the ground out of which this bhava will, will grow. It won't grow out of the, the tattva of your mind. So as we grow in our learning of the teaching, then we have to, we, we'll find we have to retire certain ideas that we thought was what was being said, and it's actually not like that. And this exercise, if you will, which is sometimes a little troublesome to think, because often we join spiritual groups with an idea that, ah, I don't have to think anymore. There's some guy up there in a seat, and he'll think for me, and everything's all worked out. But it's not like that at all. You have to think. You, know, you, you want we want security. We want surety. We want black and white answers to something that is very, very gray. Actually, very many different ways to look at that. Hmm? Love is is very nuanced, and uh, it's a, it's an uncertainty. It's a certainty within uncertainty, hmm? um, and. Um, I've sometimes said that, immaterially speaking, we can't rest until we found love. So we move around trying to find a significant other. Hmm? And then when we find him or her, what happens? Do we sit still then? Can we rest at that point? No, this love has its an orbit of its own, right? Then it's, it's moving around on the basis of that orbit. That's a different type of orbit, but it has similar ups and downs and... But it's like a roller coaster ride, you know, and the kid, you, you might get sick going around the corner, but you still get on every time, you know, you want to keep trying it, you know. At least that's what I was like <laughs> for a while. I didn't like the Ferris wheels, but well, you're going over like that, you know. Anyway, so, so, uh, so they got their guru, they got their diksha, they got their siksha, their mantra, as mentioned here. Hmm? that um, they got their goddess, uh, they got their diet, 
dietary regime. Hmm? Hmm? Right? Uh, they don't. They don't, don't eat only kitchery. That was their. This is you have to. This is your dietary regimen. You can only eat uh, kitchery for this month, and um, and, you, and you your goddess is Katyayani. We'll have to go into that. Hmm? And your mantra is what is the mantra? She says here that sounds. Katyayani Mahamaye. Mahajogini Adhishpari, Nanda Gopasutam Devi Patim Me Kurute Namaha. O Goddess Katyayani, O Great Potency of the Lord, O Possessor of Mystic Power, Mighty Controller of All, please take, make, make, excuse me, the son of Nanda, my husband. I offer my respects unto you. That is their mantra. Hmm? So, the point here in one sense is that we have a little interest in this, and as we get good company, we can understand what we're about and where where this is taking us. And in the and and for example, when we talk about raga bhakti, it's, it's often a very poorly understood uh, subject, and it's very much in our interest and and important to us as we understand that this is our trajectory to understand how it works. So sometimes, for example, the uh, Sometimes the example, I should say, is given that if you have some eagerness to drink milk, hmm? so if you have some eagerness to attain Krishna in Braj, comparing it to have some eagerness to drinking milk, then you, of course, this is speaking of a in civilization, then you have to learn how to take care of a cow. Hmm? Learning how to take care of a cow. Uh, means getting muddy and uh, often, and uh, maybe even getting kicked. It's possible, and any number of other um, fun things. Uh, uh, to be sure, um, and the net result of which is milk, right? Which then has to be has to be cooled and has to be heated and has to be prepared and so on and so forth. So uh, we cannot be uninterested. In how to take a care take care of a cow, or unprepared or unwilling to actually do the work hmm, of taking care of the cow and expect to get the milk. So interest in knowledge, scriptural knowledge of the path and how it works and what's involved, our intelligence should be used uh, for this purpose, and that will be a good exercise of our intelligence in pursuit of nourishing. Nurturing the eagerness hmm, that uh, for the orientation that we have that's come to us by good fortune of of of, of association that you didn't ask for it it just happened right Brahmanda Brahmite Khon Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Lata Beach you got it you got a seed it wasn't there you got it hmm? by good association hmm? so. A familiarity with the path that's important, and you have to tax your intellect a little bit and understand it and sort it out. What is the Vaidhi Bhakti? What is Raga Bhakti? Where do they overlap? If so, and not what? So, uh, um, important exercise, and we're learning this from uh, the text here, in that these gopis, they had a flaming desire, but still they needed to know the method. Hmm? How do we? How do we deal with this? Practically, what, what, what do we do with it? Of course, it does 
reveal itself, so to speak. Uh, so again, they are extraordinary nityasiddhas in this case, but uh, we're being taught through the through the lesson, through the chapter of the Bhagavatam, these types of um, these kind of lessons, right? Hmm? And so uh, the mantra is given, and they fashioned a deity under Rinna Devi's direction of Katyayani. So uh, Katyayani is the goddess Durga. So what place does worshipping Durga have in attaining Rag Bhakti? In this case, in, in attaining a romantic uh, union with, with Krishna. We might wonder. Hmm? We're told in the Gita that the worship of the demigods is for the less intelligent people, right? Alpamedasaha. They're not very bright. Hmm? Because what, it, what, what the worship of the demigods typically is about is the desires, the material desires that we have. And what are those material desires? Are they real? Think about it. <laughs> you understand my point. Do they produce anything real? Real, anything that is sought? That, 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 will be, that will be here today and tomorrow and the next day and the next... Or they're just an appearance. Do they result only in an appearance of something that appears to be real only to turn into something unreal, hmm? to change, transform before my eyes, and ultimately to be here today, but then gone tomorrow. So the objects of our desires, the desires themselves, what we seek to attain by them, what they're all about, is a fantasy. It's not real. Hmm? And the devas and devis, the gods and goddesses, they correspond with these desires. So in that sense, they're not real. They're not sought. But there's another sense in which our desires are real, in a pragmatic sense. Hmm? And in order to, to to work with them, to understand them, and our place in, in the world, we have to understand that the, that there's a macrocosm to which we are, of which we are a microcosm. So for our eyes to see, we require sun. To speak, we require air. Hmm? And so there's a thankful and worshipful way to move uh, in the world hmm? by respecting the air, respecting the sun, for example. Hmm? And um, this relating in this way to, 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 to nature. Hmm? It's said, if you love someone, then they'll tell you their secrets, right? So there's a way of approaching nature that she can show us her secrets. What secrets can material nature show us? Hmm? The secret is what we were speaking about earlier, that the giving is the receiving. That's the secret. You thought just the opposite. Hmm? So if you approach the right way, material nature will will push you in a direction hmm? that where you can get the answers that you really want, that she herself cannot provide. Nature can provide answers to questions like how, how to eat, how to sleep, how to mate, how to defend. But she cannot answer why? What a troublesome question. Why? Purpose, meaning, value. Hmm? She's quantitative, not qualitative. And we are a unit of quality, not quantity. Hmm? And so we, we are filled with the questions of why, meaning, purpose, value. These questions 
can only be answered by something of the same stuff, consciousness, hmm? which gives meaning to matter that it wouldn't have otherwise. Hmm? So for that we have to turn beyond nature to her source, which is, which is a common source of ourselves as well. Hmm? So material nature has the power to kind of kindly push us in the direction. Hmm? Therefore it's said in the Shastra that the presiding deity over all the Krishna mantras, like the Gopal mantra, 18-syllable Gopal mantra, which is the principal mantra of our Sampradaya, besides Nam mantra of Hare Krishna, Maha mantra, um, 10-syllable mantra, which is a, a 12-syllable mantra, which is a variations of the 18-syllable mantra. The deity presiding over all these Krishna mantras is Durga. Hmm. We find in Brihad Bhagavatamrita what? That the Mathura Brahman in the second canto, he was worshipping Kamakya, goddess Kamakya. That's another form of Katyayani, of Durga. She has many forms. Hmm? As she said when she appeared in Kamsa's prison, I have many forms. And I appear in all parts of the world. Watch out for me. Hmm? She told him. You thought I was a son that you could kill and so forth. So, he has many forms. Hmm? As Takamaki is a goddess in, in Assam, hmm? popular up in Assam. So, somehow the Brahmin had connection from there. He went to Mathura. Hmm? But she gave him the Gopal Mantra. How is she giving the Gopal Mantra? It's a way of saying the material nature is pushing him in the direction of where he can find what he's really interested in that she herself cannot provide. You know, there's a famous song that Prabhupada liked very much, but his name also is encapsulated within. Bhajahure mana abhai charanadam bindure this is a song by Govinda Das, and the story behind this song is that he, as a Bengali, was a worshipper of the goddess, because in Bengal you have these two divisions of the Shaktas and the Bhaktas, warring parties of sorts, kind of, different. they have differences, let's say. Hmm? One time, uh, Pujapat Sridhar told us that uh, that while he was living in his mat, which was just a place in the, in the forest, really, uh, at that time, a hut in the forest, but he had some reputation, nonetheless, for being a sadhu. One lady sadhu came there who was a follower of the goddess hmm, to discuss with him. And, uh, you know, you people are the bhaktas, and we are the shaktas. Let's have a talk about it. Hmm is the idea. And so Shittermarsh was quite a philosophical type of a, a person and uh, liked philosophical discourse. But in this case, he did not venture into a um, kind of a debate with her as to whether the Bhagavatam or the Devi Bhagavatam, <laughs> you know the story? The Devi Bhagavatam are, is, is the most important book. Viva Goswami makes a big argument in the Sanadarbas for the central position of Srimad Bhagavatam amongst all the sacred texts. Hmm? And then the Shaktas have an argument that it's the Devi Bhagavat, hmm? where Devi is the supreme goddess stepping on everybody's head and so forth. So 
So he didn't get into a debate, Devi Bhagavat versus the, the Srimad Bhagavatam and so forth. He just said, have you seen the picture of the goddess? Yes. Can you describe her? Well, she's not particularly charming in her appearance, with the trident, you know, riding on a tiger and other such things and poking people with that. <laughs> and then he said, and have you seen the picture of Krishna? And that was the end of his argument. She was, okay, anyway, <laughs> thanks for your company. And she was kind of, kind of affected by it, he said, in a positive way. Mm. Beauty, charm, this is what, we, what we're driven for, what we're interested in in life. Hmm? Hmm? Durga means, Durga. Durga means difficult and Ga means to go. So difficult to go from. Hmm? But Durga also means difficult to go to. Hmm? So it is said in the Tantra that Durga is also a name for Radha. So these two potencies, the Maya Shakti and the Sarup Shakti, they're similar. They're very different, but very similar. What's dissimilar is the Tatasta Shakti. It's weird, that's us. But the Maya Shakti and the Sarup Shakti is something like, probably give an example, like electrical energy can heat or cool. Hmm? In either case, can function in either way. So, so Radha is difficult to go to. Durga is difficult to go from. Durga is the name for both. Hmm? Radha is the, is the primal Shakti, and Durga, who presides, if you will, over material nature, as it's thought, is a kind of partial expression or inverted expression, maybe to use the uh, language of Bhakti Vinod, of, of herself. Hmm? She can't give Braj Bhakti, she can't give Radha, but she can certainly push us through negative impetus. Hmm? There's no lack of that, right? Hmm? There's no lack of feeling, I'm not quite comfortable yet. <laughs> I just haven't quite arrived. I need a couple, to tweak the thing a little bit more. And that, of course, goes on with the, the carrot of, of its possibility forever hanging just out of, out of reach. Hmm? It's, what it's about is it's about the self trying to pursue itself, which, again, is, is more than what meets the eye and the mind. Hmm? Every human being has this sense, this Freudian, oceanic, uh, what did he call it? Oceanic the oceanic feeling. Of course, Freud said, I don't have that feeling, so he was a little weird, but a lot of his patients did. That have this oceanic feeling that there's something more than what meets the eye and the mind, to be, to be attained, to be experienced. And as I said many times, that's how we live. We live for those moments that seem to, that life seems to extend beyond its previous thought to be limits. Hmm? When, whenever, you know, like I give an example, somebody runs one ten thousandth of a second faster than somebody else, they get a gold medal and it's celebrated all over the globe, and he went one ten thousandth of a second faster. Again, we're breaking the boundaries. We're, we have this sense that we should be able to go, we should be unbounded in our possibilities, because such is the nature of the self. Now in human life, it's coming to the fore, and it's asking about itself. It's asking, why am I? Hmm? And feeling, that's why we, I sometimes say, that's why we don't find birds trying to figure out what it's like at the bottom of the ocean. We don't find fish 
trying to figure what it's like to fly up in the clouds. But we try to do both. We try to know what it's like at the bottom of the ocean, what it's like to fly in the sky, because the self has come so much to the fore in human life that we feel like we shouldn't be limited by the very limitations of the physical and mental, psychological and biological self impose upon us. Hmm? And so we try to do everything that everyone's doing, really trying to be all that we are, so to speak, which transcends all these limitations. And yoga is for honing that so that we can actually experience the self, which is, of course, this backward movement of giving to grow, hmm? going within but and, and, and not manipulating nature to conquer over her, but approaching her with gratitude that she might show herself in a powerful way. And we get an epiphany, as I said in the beginning, and in a teachable moment hmm? and to, to, to look beyond our limitations. One of my students told me the other day, before I joined, I had some ex- profound experiences. I don't know if I want to let go of them. I said, well, why should you? Are <laughs> you just buying into some dogma here that these are the, the experiences have to be exactly like this? They were profound experiences that made made you think that there was something more to life than the nine to five or whatever, and you looked in a spiritual direction. So I never told you to give them up or to, that they were bad necessarily. They, they meant not the whole picture, but hmm, it happens to us in different ways, right? I won't tell my story, <laughs> but some of you may have had a familiar one, <laughs> a similar one. At any rate. Um, uh, the goddess, hmm? this is Durga, she presides over all the Krishna mantras. Hmm? And there's two ways, to, two ways to look at that, of course. In Bhagavatam, it's presented very much directly, as I'm saying, the goddess, consort of Shiva, gave the mantra to the Jujana Sharma. And um, I was telling the story, it's the same idea, I was telling the story of Govindadas, who wrote the poem, Bajahuremana. So he was a bhakta, he was a shakta, like from birth, so he's worshiping the goddess, but he had from previous life impressions that actually made his desires and aspirations such that the goddess knew, that's not my territory. I can't fulfill that. Hmm? Again, material nature cannot answer the why questions. Hmm? So, so she appeared before him and said, you should worship the son of Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? Hmm? At whose feet then, at whose lotus feet, you become fearless. This is the way. So then he wrote a song like this and he became a bhakta. Durga made him, said, you're, you're, you're approaching me with the, with the wrong person with the right ideas. Hmm? That could work. Hmm? You got the right idea, but you're approaching the wrong person but I am also a servant of the person who you should be approaching, so let me just po- focus you in that way. This we find in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. So here the gopis, they're worshipping Katyayani. We can look at it that way. Hmm? This is, after all, an aprakat lila, so they can't worship Krishna as God and say, as I said earlier, we want you as our husband. That just doesn't equate. Oh God, we want you as our They would end up in Vaikuntha. Hmm? And there would only be one Lakshmi. They'd have no friends. Hmm? Right? Lakshmi has no friends. Hmm? No equals there. <laughs> That's a sorry condition. 
hmm? compared to the Goloka. <laughs> so I'm trying to convince you. It's not hard, I can see. <laughs> so given the uppercut, uppercut means that, prakat means material. Uppercut means it looks material, but it's not. Adhoksaja means it looks transcendental, and it is. Whoa, this is different. I've gone someplace, and it's really different. And I remember when I was, uh, years ago in India, I went to the Pad- Padmanabh Chaitra. Some of you may have been there in Trivendram in South India. And any of the South Indian temples, uh, or many of them, I should say, are, are like, practically like cities themselves. Such big edifices. And uh, I happened to go in on a codice. And so on a codice, they're having a festival. So they brought, there was, you know, there's a deity, it's like 24 feet long, lying down like this, half asleep, awake for the sacrifice. Close the curtain, go to sleep. That's, you know, the Mahavishnu Leela. It's a little different than Krishna Leela, where he can't sleep at all, right? Because the Surup Shakti and Bhakti is so fully much manifest there. This is what animates the, the Absolute, Bhakti. It can make, as I say often, who is he who is everywhere move. How can you be everywhere and move at the same time? Such is the power of Bhakti. So, anyway, they bring out the, 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 the small version, the Vijay deity, uh, of, the, of the big deity, and put him on a big um, palanquin, and there were trumpets blowing. Like They would go like 20 feet and stop, trumpets would blow, kettle drums would beat, and cymbals. Brahmins would stand and recite uh, the Purusha Shukta or something. You know, I, and it was just like, whoa. I, I, and they went around like this. It took like you know quite a bit of time to go circumambulate around the whole center perikram area. And uh, I felt, well, I've gone to Baikunta. Hmm. Hmm. This is what it's like. Hmm. One time I was standing next to Prabhupada in Los Angeles, and he, said, and he looked at me and he said, he said it to everybody, but he happened to look at me when he said it, and he said, don't think that you're living in Los Angeles. This is Baikunta. And just like, kind of like, wow, it hit me like that. Then at night I took rest. In those days we used to just like lie out, you know, 30 men on a floor. in a room about this size, we just lie down. And, and I got up in the middle of the night to answer the call of nature, it would seem. And having done so, I came back to lie down and looked out the window and I saw Los Angeles. And I saw it all transformed into Baikuntha. And Prabhupada's words were ringing in my ear. Don't think you're living in Los Angeles, you're living in Baikuntha. Of course, then I realized, that's Baikuntha, but I'm living here, it's a little different. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Krishna here. <laughs> At any rate, <clears throat> this should be our ideal, right? Once a fellow told me, God brother my nose, he knew the devotee, he said, you know, most of the bodhis don't go to Goloka, they go to Vaikuntha. And I just, I, I wept. I couldn't accept that. I went before the deity and I said, I can't accept this part of the teaching, you know. <laughs> then I found out it's not part of the teaching, it's okay. He was wrong. <laughs> that happens. Mm. Uh, so, uh, what was the point? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so a prakrita. So, so, Adhoksaja means overtly transcendental. When you go to Baikuntha, you know you went somewhere. Hmm? Different. There's four-armed people there. Hmm. For example. I mean, it doesn't... 
happen every day here. So, <laughs> whereas Golok is called Aprakrita, the Leela of Krishna. It means it's it's like it's Prakrita, it's like the material world, but it's not. It's very different. It's like a fifth dimension. Vaikuntha is the fourth dimension. Gopala Triyatita means the fifth dimension. This is an unheard of, this is like off the map type thing. This is a Gaudi idea, Panchama Purushartha, right? Beyond any kind of mukti. This is uh, the preem of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Very special um, idea. So the aprakrita nature of the Leela is that it has to look ordinary. So there have to be gods and goddesses in in uh, in Aprakrita Leela of Krishna. Hmm? So in Goloka there are gods, there are goddesses, and everybody's worshipping them. They're in Maya. <laughs> They're in Maya. They <laughs> they worship the, the, the gods to have good cows, good sons, that their son may be Maybe protected in all respects, and and they're Vaishnavas too, so they worship Narayan. They do very good Vaidhi Bhakti there. Very worship the Shalagram Narsinga in Nanda Maharaj's house. Madhu Mangal's the Brahmin. How could you get a better a better Brahmin than him? Just to, yeah, give you an idea of what a farce it is. So the the, the minds, the hearts are only running with Krishna, right? Hmm, the spoiled child of the kingdom of, of Nanda Maharaj. That's where they are. So they're really it's driven by Rag, but all everything you could get by Varnashram, worshipping the gods, goddesses, everything you could get by Vaidhi Bhakti, any kind of mukti, it's all there is the import. Hmm? And and it's all uninteresting. Hmm? It's it's part of the setting only, but it's driven by the bhavas, the feelings for Krishna, for Radha and Krishna. Hmm. So so in the Prakrita Leela, there have to be uh, gods and goddesses, um, and there's, now they're, they're devotees, hmm? or they're in this case. Another way to look at Katyayani here is that she is a manifestation of the internal energy of Krishna, hmm? appearing as the external energy. Hmm? But in the context of the Leela, she's actually the internal energy, and so. And in that sense, she presides over over Bhakti, and they're worshiping her. And by Bhakti, wherever Bhakti goes, well, Krishna has to go. So they can be assured of getting their uh, desired results. And of course, the story, the first six verses of the chapter are basically this is the introduction. They come there, they get their mantra, they get their method. They get and they begin their worship. So they eat only kitri. They have to bathe every day. There's bathing rules. <laughs> There's eating rules. There's uh, how many times you got to chant your mantra and you got to do the artik to cut the ayani every day and so forth uh, for a month. And so they come. They bathe in the river. And it's the, and it's of course it's now it's the it's the it's, it's the snow season as I said earlier. It's the winter season. So it's a bit of an austerity. And of course the rest of the chapter from chapter six on is all about the fact that that on the power of their worship, Krishna comes along with a few chums, a couple of buddies, you know, to uh, and uh, steal their clothes. and And it's a long story; we don't have time to go into that. But the stealing of the clothes ultimately results in a, in in the in the actual marriage 
that they that they desire. He comes on the last day of the Vrat and uh, he steals their clothes and forces them to come out of the water and it's said in the, that culture that if a man sees a woman naked then he has to marry her. So <laughs> so he says, basically, he, he tells the boys at that point, it's a long story, he says, hey, I think I hear somebody coming. And then they, what? And they go and they check it out. Then the girls come out of the water and he says, okay, no, you, we were married. Then I'll meet you in a year, in one year on the Pornim, which was yesterday, but I mean a year, and we'll consummate that hmm, at that time. So they got to enter the Rasalila at that time as well. Sri Rajakumaris Kijai. So a few words about the day and the month. <laughs> Any question? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we should think like that too then? Sure, why not? We sacrifice every day. <laughs> every day, yeah. No, I think, in a, as I was saying, in a, more, in, a, in a broader sense, sacrifice brings the, of the harvest and the work all year brings the crop and, and Krishna represents that as Margashirsha. He is the, the goods that you get from the sacrifice and so forth. But now, you know, we go inside the theology and whatnot. And they don't want they don't want just the nourishment that is in the broad sense Krishna's uh, sus, uh, uh, sustaining one. They want him personally. They don't want God, the nourishment from God that God provides. They want to marry Krishna. So that's a very odd idea. But for that, yes, there's, there's another kind of sacrifice. Anything else? What's the time? Five. Five? Okay. Some kirtan? Question? Yes. Um, yesterday you were talking about um, like how we have to constantly um, like reapply ourselves and like recommit ourselves. And I was like kind of thinking about are you just talking about um, like through an argument of routine? Because it seems like, you know, like once you get to this shit, it's like you don't really like need to really recommit yourself. Well, what I was talking about, I mean, that's one way to. Uh, I think I was saying it, but I was also saying that as you progress, then your understanding of what it involves will grow, and and so there will be uh, development. So, in higher stages of bhakti, then certainly things will come into play that are not in play now. That uh, then will be will qualify you. The stage will qualify you to implement those aspects of the practice, and um, and grow as a result of that. So. Anyway, the point is to approach with some openness. Hmm? You have to you have to cultivate that which you came with. What got you here? I mean, even if you were born in this, you still had at some point think, "Do I want this, or is this nuts?" Something my parents have been doing for. They're weird, you know. I know that, but I mean, maybe there's something to you. Have to kind of sort it all out, and and. Um, and and then you really have to use all that you have at your disposal to to make a decision that your mind's not able to make. It's beyond your mind. It's beyond your intellect. It's uh, it's uh, even all the questions can't be answered. Maybe, but still, you feel the answers lie there and, and, and so forth. So there is a, you're you're at 
at that stage you're just so like, okay, he's just like a sponge, right? So you have to try to cultivate that, to preserve that. This is very important. Mm. Yeah. Then you can then you can grow every day, every day. That's what I'm really, in one sense, talking about. Have that kind of uh, kind of openness. Mm. If you understand the path, you'll be open. I mean, Prabhupada was giving us like 400-page books every month. I thought, well, I have something to learn here, another 400-page book. There's more to it than that. Oh, goodness. So he had most of us in a very like teachable moment all the time. That's the real art of teaching, isn't it? Right? So try to make yourself teachable. I can teach a little bit, so you've got to do your part. Keep yourself open. Anything else? Yes. Um, if it's, I think it's pretty clear in our philosophy that the desired goal is to go to Goloka mm-hmm. and serve in the mood of the Rajavasis. Uh, why, on so many occasions, did Srila Prabhupada comment on the appearance or the location or how devotees were acting or how they looked as, as being Vaikunta, as if it was something that we should all aspire for? Why, on so many occasions, did he? You know, say vaikunta, 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 and not go low, go low. Well, there's a couple answers to that. I would, I would think. But um, one um, way to answer that is that in the Puranas, in the Goswami Saitis, there is mention of a Mahavaikuntha, and they show um, that it refers to Goloka. So it's another name for Goloka. In that sense, Vaikuntha is a broad sense. In a broad sense. And um, and um, in in that sense, Goloka is, is kind of included within it. That's uh, it's, it's one answer. Another answer is that Prabhupada's campaign was very broad, and um, to go to Vaishnavism, there is both breadth and depth. Both there is two sides to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. For example, he has the breadth side as having appeared in a time that coincides with the advent of the Yuga Avatar, whose place he's, he's taking. And so the work of the Yuga Avatar is broad. Hmm? And at the same time, he is Krishna internally pursuing the, the, the bhava of Radha, which is the depth, right? Hmm? You understand? So both sides are there. Prabhupada was motivated and driven by the idea of a very broad campaign in general. Now, within that broad campaign, he was prepared to bring anybody on in any way almost possible. If he came to Bombay and he found that they really liked to worship Sita and Ram here, he said, well, okay, let's put up a deity of Sita and Ram. That's also Vaishnavism. You can also find this in the writing of, like, Goswamis. You take, uh, for example, Hari Bhakti Vilas. If you, have, if you want to worship Ram, then there's a Ram mantra. The Guru should give us... A, so, Bhakti Rasamrita also includes Vaidhi Bhakti. It's also described in there at length. It's, it's a division of Uttam Bhakti, as is Rag Bhakti. So, Prabhupada was broad in his outreach. At the same time, you, 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 there were times in which he talked about boiling the milk, and he had his own inner side. And if you pay attention, you can, you can, you know, figure figure it out here. You know what's what's he out, what's he, what really makes him tick, 
and then what is the broader um, campaign that uh, even just giving people a start or something like that. Uh, you know, at one time he told us, make Gornatai deities and give them out to people and tell them to wave this wave incense at them and chant the Hare Krishna mantra and all their desires will be fulfilled. You know, we thought, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So he was, he, he, you have to understand sometimes how a person is empowered. Like you take Nityananda Prabhu, he's moved to, in a certain way in the campaign that's different from Rupa, Sanatan, and Jiva, and they're different slightly too in the way that their books are written, covering the Sambandha, the Abhideya, the, the Prayojan focus, and so forth. So different devotees at different times would be moved uh, in this movement for different purposes. They all have Braj Bhakti in their own heart of hearts, but um, there may be cases where a, a guru like Prabhupada has a, has a wide campaign and he's just bringing people in for the yuga, in general, and then some of them will come in, and they're meant to be with him, hmm? and in his group, and go there. And he could be bringing them in, recruiting, and then they would go where they belong. And so you, I have God brothers, for example, that were brought in by Prabhupada's campaign that ended up becoming attracted to the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Hmm? So then they go there, and they, no harm. Hmm? So and and that is a virtue of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and Prabhupada in doing that was very much uh, personified the fulfillment of a prediction of Bhakti Thakur, which was that that all of the Vaishnav sampradayas will come under the auspices of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He predicted that. Now it doesn't look like that happened in one sense. I mean, they're not all all these Vaishnav sampradayas are not. Following the GBC or anything, you know, God, God forbid. But, um, but just, but, but what is has happened is that all of these Vaishnav sampradayas and much of the Gaudiya sampradaya has gotten nourishment from Prabhupada's campaign. He has a broad campaign. He does it right. He leaves. We do it wrong, and then people leave and they go to other camps, and then the, those camps flourish. So, <laughs> so and Prabhupada, like he made a bridge from from India to America. Who would come to America? In Madhva Sampradaya, if you go across the ocean, you're, you're, you're that's it. You're done. You know, you're you're, you're lost. Um, so, Prabhupada made a bridge, and then so many people could walk across it. Like all, oh, you have these temples here of the Venkateshwar and this one and that one. Sri Vaishnava temples, many of them there. All Prabhupada led the way. He did this. He energized them. Prabhupada's campaign, Mayavadi, what did he say? Nirvisesha Sunyavadi Pasata Desatarni. This is like the broad part of the campaign. When, when the time, when Prabhupada came to America, if you looked in um, academia, uh, uh, in uh, Indology sector, study of India, Indian uh, philosophy and theology, everybody practically across the board was taught and taught that that Hinduism is about attaining Nirvishesh Brahma. Hmm? That there are other forms of Vedanta besides Advaita Vedanta was practically an unknown thing. Prabhupada made it known. Hmm? And then you have scholars popping up become Ramanujas, the, the, the Balabha Sampradaya has gotten 
energy from us and so forth, from our sampradaya and our particular paribar, our particular lineage coming from Bhakti Vinod through Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, our Prabhupada, as we have this pride. This is a pride for we've done this for the sampradaya. This this we we've energized all of these um uh, Vaishnav Sampradayas, giving them strength, giving them credibility, um even as they criticize us sometimes. <laughs> so so Prabhupada was uh, uh, was instrumental in this way in fulfilling that prophecy. Hmm. So it's a service you know, to the to the Sampradaya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again, he is the uh, you know, he's the main act in Kali Yuga. So you got Shankar and Raman, they're all coming up giving a talk, you know, and everything. Okay, okay. Waiting now for the main act to come on, that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And um so we're fortunate to be part of that. And Prabhupada uh, was uh, the principal instrument to which uh, that uh, that has been uh, accomplished. So, does that help? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I had a question about so for the past two nights you spoke a lot about how Sakiras mainly, and then you also spoke how Madhuryas have also been widely um, broadcasted by our lineage. And I, one, I was wondering why is it that, in the general understanding, we understand that Vatsalya Bhav is a progressively higher Bhav, and so why is it not, why hasn't it been broadcasted as much? Because Nityananda Prabhu is in Rasa and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is pursuing Madhurya Rasa, and they are the, the the macrocosmic gurus of the whole Sampradaya. They are the Samasti gurus. Hmm? So that's what they're bringing to the world. Meanwhile, Balava is is a strong advocate of Vatsalya Bhav. In according to our literature and the history of our lineage, Balabha had association with Mahaprabhu as you, as you can read in Chaitanya Charitamrita and other texts. And Mahaprabhu blessed him to have his own his own group. Hmm? And at the end of this chapter, Rupa Goswami's chapter on Vaidhi Bhakti, he says, and there's another group, they call it Maryada. It's more or less the same. And then the end of his section on Rag Bhakti, which follows, he says, and there's another group, and they call it Pushti, rather than Rag, and it's more or less the same. Hmm? That's a reference to Balabha Sampradaya. He was a contemporary of Rupa Goswami and so forth. And in that Sampradaya, you find Balabha, you find Vatsalya Rasa. Hmm? So, if you want that, you go there. <laughs> and I know some people who have gone there. that help? Okay, we got it all covered then. <laughs> All right. Yes. Are you sure? Well, I'm okay, but it's a little late, and uh, I think maybe. Why don't we have kirtan for a few minutes while we arrange for some Mahaprasad? Hari kirtan ki jai. Krantara Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Brinda ki jai.